everybody. Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. I think we should call Ferris. Why not? Let's give Ferris a call. For those of you that are new to the show, welcome to the show. This is how I do it. I usually start and then we'll do an intro in a little bit and I'll tell you what's coming up. But for now, I like to just kind of start. We're calling my friend Ferris. So Ferris is uh, the owner of the Billiard Zone pool hall. He's kind of a wise old sage. We're going to get some uh, wisdom from him. That's the way it works here on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Hey man, this is the Billiard Zone. This is James. Yeah. Hey Ferris, how are you, man? You're, I'm guessing you're doing good. I shouldn't even bother asking you, should I? Because I know you're always doing well. Yeah, I'll tell you what, ma'am. You know, I'm just happy to be here, happy to be on your show. I've been, uh, been listening to your podcast, man. I enjoy it quite a bit. I, uh, I learn. I learn a lot listening to it. You learn a lot listening to my... That, see, now that says something to me because you're such a wise fellow. For you to learn from my show says a lot. The beauty of uh, being wise is knowing what you don't know as well and knowing how to learn more. Hey, that's a good, that's a good, you know what? That's not a bad topic. Boy, you know, uh, the other week I was looking for topics on the show and I went and I asked everybody else here, Hank and Billy and Mr. Now's guy and Franklin, all that. And, uh, and the best I got out of that was get a monkey from Franklin. Yeah, I heard that, man. No, but I should have just, what my point is, is I should have just went to you and asked you for advice. Yeah, man, you know, I'm always happy to give you advice. So, uh, what was it, you, having the wisdom enough to know what you don't know? Yeah, man. So, you gotta be okay with knowing that you don't know everything. Knowing that sometimes you can be wrong. Now, okay, now I've talked about that on the show before, Ferris, about being wrong and that it's okay to be wrong. I think a lot of people this day and age, they kind of think, no, I can't be wrong. So instead they maybe get defensive or whatever when somebody asks them if they if they actually don't have the right answer. And it's okay to just say, you know what? I don't know. Right? You got it, ma'am. That's it, brother. You just say, hey, I don't know. And you know what else you can do with people? When you, when you don't know, you say, I don't know, but uh, if you'd like, I'll do my best to find out for you and get an answer for you. Now, see, that's great. Now, see, because people do ask that, um, you know, on the spiritual side of things, too. People will ask you questions and, and, you know, how come this, how come that? And a lot of times people don't have the answer. And I've said that to people before. I'll say, you know what? I don't really know, but I am willing to go and look for an answer for you. And find that answer, and then we can come back and we can talk about it. Does that work for you? And most people kind of go, they get surprised by that. That's right, brother. They get surprised because they don't expect you to just say, you know what, I don't know. Uh, and that you're uh, willing to still talk about it. That's that's a good thing, man. Yeah, absolutely, Ferris. Oh, look at this. If only the world uh, went as smoothly as a conversation with Ferris. Ferris, how's the billiard hall? Billiard zone, man. Yeah, the billiard zone. That's kind of like the twilight zone, right? But it's a twilight zone for billiards. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. That's all right. I like that show. You really? So now, when you were younger, did you watch the twilight zone? I still watch it now, man. You do? I, you know, my my wife won't watch it. She says it's a little spooky. Yeah, you know, some of them can be a little spooky. But my daughter and I, we watch it together. And I, but I don't show my daughter the spooky ones. Or the, you know, the more serious ones. We just kind of watch some more lighthearted episodes. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I, 
Pratt's character. Okay. Yeah, we just watched that one. It was Jack Klugman, actually, the actor Jack Klugman. And it's a great episode. He wants to be the best pool player. And so he says this kind of like, you know, oh, I can be the best, I can be the best. And then uh, the, the Fats character, played by Jonathan Winters, of all people, who's a brilliant comedian, he comes down from heaven. They show him up in heaven playing pool. And then there's like an announcer that comes on and says, it was like, you know, let's say it was Milwaukee Fats or whatever, you know. Milwaukee Fats. Please come down to Joe's Pool Hall at 57th and 9th. Yeah, I remember that, man. And then they shoot pool all night, and they make a deal that if Klugman's character is the best, then the other dude, the Fats dude, he doesn't have to be the best anymore. Yeah, and then he 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 wins. And so the question is kind of like, did, did Jonathan Winter's character let him win? Right, man. Yeah, what do you think? I, I think he let him win because I think he didn't want the burden anymore of having to be the best and having to go play everybody every time somebody said a wish to play him. Yeah, brother, I'm with you. All right, but you don't have that happening down there at the billiard zone. We're off on a... We're, you and me both got way off on a James Arnold Taylor tangent. That's that's a jatchant. Yeah. Yeah, a jatchant, man. Like a tangent from jat. Exactly, that's exactly right. All right, man. Yeah, we got... Uh... We got a lot going on down here at the pool hall. You always, you, you always got some cool blues playing in the background there too. You like the blues, Ferris? I'll tell you what, man. The blues is good music. You know, uh, you can never go wrong with a little Muddy Waters or BB King or something like that. Well, that's very true. I, I listen to a lot of jazz and stuff. So you and I, we're just kind of shooting the breeze here uh, for the beginning of the show. And I, I thought I would call you just to kind of see stuff. But I think I really kind of got a nice little thing that I can talk about later on the show, which is the whole thing of being able to say you're wrong or that you don't know and that that's actually wisdom. Yeah, man. So you just all remember that, all right? So first off, everybody, welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Oh, you're doing like the Mr. Announcer Guy thing. Yeah, man. He said I could do it. He did? When did you talk to him? Well, he's here, man. He's there? Yeah, he's at the pool hall playing pool. So if I went, oh, Mr. Announcer Guy, he wouldn't have come in today. No, man. He's down here for shooting pool. Well, that's a good thing I called you. Yeah, man. All right. So oh, so you're going to do the introduction. Yeah, oh, wait. No, I, 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 yeah, he, wants to talk. He, he wants to talk to you. Hello, James. Uh, Mr. Announcer Guy, you're shooting pool. Yeah, me and my brothers, Charlton, George, and Jake, are all down here shooting pool with Hank and Ferris. Everybody is down there? Is Billy there? Billy drove us. Well, he drove... Billy doesn't have a car. He took yours. What? Yep. Okay, great. So even if I wanted to go somewhere, I couldn't. That's right. I'm going to let Ferris introduce the show, James. Uh, All right. Okay. You guys have fun. Maybe I'll come down after I record my podcast we'll probably be done by then <laughs> okay all right you know you go on for a long time yeah yeah i get it it's a long show what are you like hank all of a sudden sorry i'm getting sassy hey let me let me let me talk to it oh uh, hang on hank wants to hey let me let me hello 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 hank how are you i'm doing good you know so we're just we're down here we're shooting pool we're having a good time at ferris's pool all the billiards in and the billiard zone the billiards in the billiard zone. The billiard zone, that's what I said. No, you said billiard zone. I, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, so uh, we're shooting pool. What are you, uh, who's winning? Actually, you know, Billy's, Billy's kind of cleaning up. Billy's cleaning up? Wow. I thought you'd actually make Billy clean up 
you know, after you guys. No, no, he's actually, he's playing, he's doing it. Hey, Billy, just shoot. Hey, come here. Yes, Mr. Hank. Just Hank. Yes, Mr. Hank. Just Hank. Talk to James. Hello, Mr. James. Sorry, Mr. James. So you guys are all down there shooting pool. Nobody bothers to leave me a note or tell me anything. Oh, no, no, we, 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 we did leave you a note, actually. You did? Where is it? Um, it's, oh, oh it's in my pocket right here. Well, that's not going to do me any good now, is it? Oh, no, 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 sir, James. Just James? James, sir. Just, whatever. All right, well, you guys have fun. Well, who's going to introduce the show? Uh, Ferris said he wanted to do it. Can I talk to Ferris again now? Oh, yeah, so let me get Mr. Ferris for you, sir. Mr. Ferris. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye, Mr. James. Yeah, James. Bye-bye, James. All right, all right. Yeah, bye-bye, everybody. All right, ma'am. Hey, you know, we're all having a good time down here, dude. I wish you were here. Yeah, I wish I was there, too. I wish I'd known. But anyways, all right. Well, so, uh, Ferris, you're going to introduce the show? Yeah, ma'am. All right. Give me some cool music, James. What about Jerry the Music Man? Is is Jerry the Music Man here? Can Jerry give me some cool music? No, James, I'm down here. He's there too. Everybody's there. Is Reginald? Don't call me Reggie down there. Oh, yes. Hello, James. You guys. Okay. Anyways, well, I, I'll cue the music here. I'll find. I'll let me find you some. Let me. Let me look through the music, Ferris. Oh, oh, look at that. Jerry actually has it marked. Ferris, cool music intro. All right. Let me hit that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, Ferris, go ahead and introduce the show. All right, everybody, listen up. It's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast with Jack. The Jack man, James Arnold Taylor. He's going to be talking to you, doing some cool stuff here on the show today. So uh, listen up, have a good time. We'll see you here at the Billiard Zone. Okay. Thanks, Ferris, for that mm-hmm. nice introduction. Dude, see ya. Okay, okay, bye. I can't believe everybody is down there. So I'm all alone here in the studio. Alone talking to myself. Well, actually, yes. The show is called Talking to Myself. And I am James Arnold Taylor. And it is me doing all the voices, having their own little conversations with myself. Because that's what I do. I'm a voice actor here in Hollywood. Uh, Welcome to the show. You may know me as the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Fred Flintstone, The Flash, Leonardo the Ninja Turtle, Johnny Test. Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank, Titus from Final Fantasy X, and more. And today, we're going to be, I guess I'm not going to be talking to any of those guys because they're all down at the Billiard Zone shooting pool. But today, we're going to be talking about some cool stuff, and I do like the subject that Ferris gave me there. I think that's pretty good, knowing when you don't know what you do know or not know. Or, yeah, knowing that you don't know everything. That's, I mean, that's the best way of putting it. But first, let's talk about some fun stuff. Um... Star Wars Celebration is coming up. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. People are asking me about that and what to expect there. I don't know what to expect at Star Wars Celebration this year. I don't know what they're going to announce or do or anything there, but I'm sure it'll be fun because I will be there signing autographs along with uh, some of my Clone Wars castmates and stuff. I I don't know uh, if everybody's coming or what's all been introduced or announced yet, so I won't say anything. I know. I know stuff. That's the crazy part about living in the world of Star Wars is you know things way before other people know them, but you can't say anything. I did a, uh, I posted a picture on Instagram a few weeks back of me in my uh, Star Wars um, 
Galaxy's Edge t-shirt that they gave me, which is very cool. And that's the most I'm going to say about it. Galaxy's Edge is, of course, Star Wars Land that they're building at Star Wars at, uh, at Disneyland and Disney World. That's going to be pretty darn exciting. I think a lot of people are excited about it. Here's the thing. I can't imagine how hard it's going to be to even get on any of these rides. It's People are going to... because everybody's going to want to go on them. It's going to be like 10 hours to wait to get on a ride. It's going to be really insane. So, and for probably for like the first few years, right? Because I'm sure many of you listening are going, yeah, I'm going to go. I want to go. I want to go on the rides. But hopefully, you know, I might be able to get on one of the rides here at some point. You know, I I, I don't know. It'd be fun. Um, I I know it's going to be fantastic. Now, I know that the... Uh, the folks told me that if you, in fact, if you are somebody in Los Angeles or go to Disneyland much, if you go on Big Thunder Mountain, this is one of the, some of the Imagineers told me this, and this is no big like secret, but if you go on Big Thunder Mountain at the biggest hill, the, the top of the biggest hill there, you can see into Star Wars land. So if you, it, it, you know, you get like a second up there, but you take a quick look and you can actually see the, because they've got all those walls built up where you can't see, but if that ride takes you up high enough to where you can actually see what's going on while they're building Star Wars Land. Very exciting stuff. Very, very exciting stuff. When it's all done, when Star Wars Land is all open, it'll be fun because then we can actually talk more about these things. It's kind of like when the Clone Wars was announced that it was coming back, you know, for months and months. They announced it in July of last year, but I had known since February. And so you just can't talk about these things. So I'm not really talking about any of it. I'm just talking about how excited I am, like all of you are excited. And in that way, maybe, just maybe, we're getting to enjoy together. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. But um, many of you are Star Wars fans because of my work as Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, I should talk about that. Uh, because I we had the first episode and Obi-Wan was on that. And I interviewed Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, well, you know, maybe we'll bring Obi-Wan back for another interview. Although he's he's had little cameos here on the uh, Jatcast every once in a while. I love the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I started voicing Obi-Wan back in 2002 for the micro series, but actually it was 2001, I think, when we started recording. And then 2002 is when it all came out. Uh, so, so, yeah, so it has been a long time. It's like 18 years now that it's coming up on that. I've, I've, I've mentioned that before. That I've been the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was brought in originally to voice match Ewan McGregor's voice. And now, since I have been doing it for all these years and with the Clone Wars, the TV show, The Clone Wars, because I did the micro series of The Clone Wars first, which was a different series altogether. And those were little shorts and they were traditional animation, uh, 2D animation. And of course, The Clone Wars, the series was uh, CG and all that and beautifully done. And we had so much fun working on that show. And it's wonderful that it's coming back for a seventh season. Twelve episodes will air on the new Disney streaming service. I can't remember. What do they call it in the new Disney streaming service? I don't remember. Um, but I'm sure I'll get it like all of you. And because I want to see the Clone Wars. Because that'll be the only way I'll get to see the Clone Wars as well. So we'll get the streaming service. I got the DC Universe streaming service, which I talked about. Which is pretty good. And... This is kind of crazy, isn't it? It's weird that now you just have these services and that's how we watch stuff. It's so strange. I talked, what, last week or the week before about how 
cable TV and satellite is very different. Do do some of you have, do you have cable or satellite still? If so, it's, it's weird. If you take a break from it, like I did for so many years, for nearly 10 years now or so, to come back and watch stuff with commercials, it's really annoying. <laughs> it is. Hey, is everybody drinking their water? James Arnold Taylor podcast. That's one thing you have to do. Have a nice big glass of water. I've got my cup of water here. I'm going to drink a little more. That is good water. That's good stuff, Maynard. Do you remember that commercial? Malto meal, Maynard. This is your tummy speaking. Malto meal. Good stuff, Maynard. Maynard. It was a kid. It was a commercial. Most of you are way too young to know what I'm talking about. But if you go on YouTube and you do Malto meal commercial, I bet you you'll see it. Let me, you know what? Let me check. Let me look and see. I like, see, here's the thing. When I was a DJ... You didn't have access to, there was no internet. The, the internet didn't exist. So now that I have this podcast, Malto Meal, good stuff, Maynard. There it is. Malto Meal, good stuff, Maynard. Although, wait a second, there's two of them here. Well, let's play this one first. Hey, what happened to your cereal? Uh, Big Bear took it. Oh, <laughs> Lucky Bear, because that was Malto Meal. Smooth and creamy wheat, toasted malt, iron fortified. Good stuff, Maynard. Can I have some? Sure. But why don't you show me that bear first? Are you sure you want to see it? Mm-hmm. Okay. More Malta Meal, please. Maynard, close the door. Malta Meal Hot Cereal, a nice part of a nutritious breakfast. Okay, now that's the Maynard one, but I don't think this is your tummy speaking was Maynard. It was, this is the other one. Let's listen to this one. Edgar. Edgar, that's right, that's what, oh, yeah. Edgar. This is your tummy, Edgar. My tummy? It's boring down here, Edgar. What, what, what do you want? I want malt meal. Yeah. Edgar, malt meal. Okay. Malt meal. Sunny wheat, toasty malt. A good part of a balanced breakfast. You make your tummy happy, your tummy makes you happy. Regular or chocolate. Okay, now, yeah, okay. So that's the... Edgar, this is your tummy speaking. Do you all know who that voice is? That's Paul Freese. The voice in the Haunted Mansion at Disney. The voice of all those Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, things he did. You know, and he was Boris and all of these other voices. Paul Freese, brilliant. Edgar, this is your tummy speaking. A little like Mr. Announcer Guy, huh? You see, you wonder where I get these uh, ideas of things. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so those are the two Malto Meal commercials. Those are fun. The little kid in the Edgar one looked like I looked. If you looked that one up, Malto Meal commercial, the little blonde kid, that's actually what I look like as a kid. That's funny. All right, there you go. So back, you know, when I was a DJ on the radio, you talked about stuff. You didn't have just a computer that you could go on and just pull up whatever you needed information-wise. You'd have to pull out the old almanacs and... Whoops. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait, hang on. It's still playing commercials. What are you doing? Stop it. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> I got to stop the, uh, the internet was taking over. It was out of control. All right. So I, I, anyways, that's just a, it's for me, it's funny to be in a recording studio and be able to listen to things on the computer at the same time, because you see, if you were running pro tools or anything, you couldn't run the internet at the same time. You couldn't have, so you had to have a separate computer, but nowadays everything can run at once. And, you know, I've got the Mac trash can here and it can just go crazy so that it does. Say, hey, let's read some of your, you know what? I'm going to go back to the internet. We read some of your reviews. So for, for many of you, uh, if, you've, if you watch the show on 
iTunes watch the show. You don't watch the show. If you listen to talking to myself on iTunes, you will see that you can give a review or you can give uh, five stars. So I've been getting a lot of five-star ratings, which is really great. 89 of you have given me uh, five stars, which is really wonderful. Thank you so much. And then although one person the first week gave me four stars, but everything else has been five stars. So this, uh, oh, look at this one. So I'm going to read some more reviews here. So this one says, great podcast by Secular Atheist. Well, <laughs> okay. Really great and uplifting podcast to listen to. You get everything from Star Wars, pop culture, and uplifting messages every episode. James is a master of his craft and makes every episode amazing. Highly recommend you listen to this show. And that's by, the person's name is Secular Atheist. So look at that. Even the atheists love the James Arnold Taylor. I think that's great. Thank you, Secular Atheist. <laughs> That's that's a funny little name for your uh, for your uh, iPod uh, your podcast uh, review thing, but that was a wonderful uh, review and I appreciate that. And then look at there's one from uh, my friend Jonathan Mertz, always paying it forward. Jonathan says, over the years I'd had the honor of having James Arnold Taylor on my show, so I've known him for a while. But when I heard he was starting his own podcast, I was sold. I didn't know what to expect other than possibly a lot of voices. After all, he is a voice actor. But what was produced was great content full of inspiration and fun. This podcast has reignited my fire to achieve my goals and to continue to push forward with them. Thank you, James, for such inspirational content. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. You know, that is the one thing I'm hearing from so many of you is that this is a nice little boost for you in the middle of the week. And, uh, you know, many folks don't go to church. Many folks don't have a community. Many So this is our little fellowship. I said this a few weeks back. This is the, the JAT fellowship. So if you're listening to this show, you're part of my clan. And uh, we are all helping each other. And there are so many creative people here listening to this show. So many of you that are so creative. And you're doing more by listening and being inspired. So thank you for doing that. All right. That is just fantastic. Let's see. Let's read one more here. Something for everyone by Eddie Wan 5150. Whether you're a fan of great voice work, looking for inspiration or simply looking for something to make you laugh, this podcast has it all. James brings a hilarious cast of characters to life from Hank, the engineer to Billy, the intern to Reginald. Don't call me Reggie. These characters feel like friends. You can't wait to visit. Of course, we get visits from Obi-Wan Kenobi and other established characters that James has voiced. The fact that James uses his podcast to profess his Christian faith, which is often looked down upon in the entertainment industry, is incredibly inspiring. James wants us all to enjoy life and reach for our goals. And when he says that you truly believe him. Just a wonderful podcast that I always look forward to. Well, thank you, Eddie One Fifty One Fifty. That is uh, very cool. I was like Obi Wan. So some great ones. What I was gonna do was I was gonna go to uh, I was gonna go to YouTube. My internet's a little slow, and I was gonna read you some of the comments on some of the uh, past episodes here. Oh, look at this, Colin Peterson. On, on my YouTube channel. So go to my, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you have not already. If you're not listening to this on YouTube, know that you can go to YouTube. You can you can listen to it there, but you can also watch a lot of great videos, uh, hundreds of videos actually on my channel. Just go to YouTube and search for James Arnold Taylor and then subscribe to my channel. Uh, Colin Peterson says, if it weren't for this podcast, my Wednesdays would be dreary. Thanks, Jat. You're my hero. That's great because the podcast does come out every Wednesday. Uh, this one says, I'm your biggest fan from Kuwait. I will always support you. Love you. You are the best, Obi-Wan. You are a legend. Batman, big fan, is is that person saying. Well, thank you. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Kieran Plays, P-L-Y-Z, on YouTube says, welcome, Jake, to the Jatcast. Yeah, Jake, our new character, Jake. And uh, uh, let's see. Oh, this person, Joshua Hammond, asks... 
Hey, James, I'm just curious, since Flash is your favorite superhero, do you have a favorite Flash? Do you also watch the CW Flash TV show? You know, I do. Uh, I've, I, I'm not caught up on the CW Flash right now. I'm, I'm a little behind, but I do watch the show. My favorite was back in the 90s when they had the original, which is cool that they have the fellow that played the Flash in that playing the father in this, which I think is a wonderful little, nice little nod. And I think it's great that they had my buddy Mark Hamill back on there playing, re-doing uh, re, uh, his character that he had played in the original. Um, but uh, yeah, curious, uh, since Flash is your favorite superhero, do you have a favorite Flash? Well, Barry Allen is my favorite Flash. My personal one for me, that's my favorite to voice is Lego Flash because it's just so funny. The content that they write for the Lego DC Lego um, shows are, is just so fun. And I've been the Flash in numerous ones of those, uh, five or six of those, especially my favorite was this last year released the Flash Lego movie, uh, which was really fun. And I hope if you haven't seen it, that you would get it and check it out. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so, but my favorite Flash is Barry Allen. So when I was a kid, I collected all the Flash comic books. I was very much into them in the uh, 80s and the 70s and 80s, I guess, but may primarily the 80s. And I've mentioned it before. I still have all my Flash comic books. And let's see other people here. Uh, this is a nice one from Padawan AR on YouTube. It says, just finished listening, James. And I don't even know if I can describe in words how this made me feel. This is talking about uh, episode uh, 16. Episode 16 was the one where I did the Gandalf um, recreation. And I really love that episode as well. Uh, Padawan AR says, this is your best episode yet, in my opinion, and not just for making up a brand new character on the fly like Jake. Jake, the announcer guy. Uh, the subject of grace in the middle of all the hard stuff of life and the manner in which you presented it was so good. And then your fierceness on behalf of all of us out here, most of whom you've never met. That just astonishes me every time. Well, mainly because most of us you've never met. I also admit that my heart broke for you when you were talking about wanting to know what your father's voice sounded like. I will be praying for you about that and also for the increase in work that you talked about as well. Thank you for all you do. Looking forward to next week's adventure. That's very nice, Padawan AR. You always have the kindest things to say here on YouTube and I appreciate it. So that's just, uh, I just wanted to read some of the ones from YouTube as well, just because, you know, um... Many of you write comments there, and I wanted to acknowledge some of them. So there you go. So what's new in the world of JAT? Well, you don't get asked that a lot. Uh, people, what's new? What's going on? What's that? And, you know, again, when you're a voice actor, the tricky thing is, is you can't actually say what you're currently working on. You have to mention whatever is currently out. So what has just become out? Well, Battlefront 2 is still news. And I believe Matt Lanter's character, Anakin Skywalker, will be making a appearance soon enough, right? That's coming up soon. But I know that uh, Count Dooku came out, Corey Burton. Corey Burton is the voice of Count Dooku on the Clone Wars, legendary voice actor. And did a fantastic job. Grievous is out there now. Maul is out there, right? So many cool characters in the Battlefront 2 game. I've enjoyed watching it more so than playing it because I've seen a lot of it that way. I haven't played it as much as I've watched it. As I mentioned a few weeks back, Young Justice is out on the DC Universe app and you can subscribe to that channel and then you get all of the Young Justice episodes if you're a Young Justice fan. I am, of course, coming back as The Flash, but also I am the voice of G. Gordon Godfrey now on the show. 
And that has been all, uh, so much fun to play that character, but also with much reverence, I try to do my best to take over for the wonderfully talented Tim Curry, as I've mentioned in past episodes. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I just uh, off on a tangent for a moment here about my name. I have been James most of my life. I was Jamie as a kid. And then I think I've told this story before, but the $6 million man was very popular when I was a kid. And then the bionic woman became popular as well. Now, the $6 million man's name was Steve Austin, and the bionic woman's name was Jamie Summers. Now, my brother's name is Steve, and my name was Jamie. So you can see where I'm going here. My brother would get called the $6 million man. I got called the bionic woman because I had the name Jamie. Kids can be cruel, right? So I decided to go with my actual name, James, from that point on, which was uh, third grade, I think. So in third grade, I changed from Jamie to James, although my family members would still call me Jamie. My brother still calls me Jamie. My sister no longer calls me. She calls me James. She does. Yeah. But um, so like my brother's kids call me like Uncle Jamie, which is nice. And my nephew Dalton, my my sister's son and and uh, her her daughter, my niece, Melody, uh, they both call me Unky. Which is uh, for which was what they called me when they were little, and now they're adults, and they still call me Unky. And you know what? I got to tell you, I love it. It's 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 wonderful. It's endearing. It's it's lovely. It's like my daughter Lydia still calls my wife and I Mama and Dada from time to time, which is lovely. So I say that to where if any of you still call your mom Mommy and or Daddy or anything when you're with them alone, that's endearing. They love that. It's fun. It's nice. You know, when, when my daughter's with her friends, so she'll say dad, you know, but when it's just me, daddy, oh, or pops or poppy, that's all good. But Jat, so Jat became a thing uh, years ago. I believe it was Colette Sunderman, who is a director, a voice, uh, voice director. And she is uh, directing me on it. She's actually directing me on a show currently that I cannot talk about yet but once it's announced i'll be able to talk about it but i've been uh, we're actually going to start recording we've recorded all of season one of this show that i can't talk about and uh, we're going to start recording season two in a couple weeks that's pretty cool so i've got they've got a lot of shows a lot of games a lot of things that uh, i have been working on that i can't tell you about but i can i think i can say that much just that, you know because i'm not giving you any details but colette sunderman i think is the one that coined jat J-A-T, because he, here's what happens. When you're named James Taylor or when you're named, uh, you know, first name with a J, last name with a T, people call you J-T. So people would call me J-T a lot, but I would, since I'm James Arnold Taylor, because there's already a James Taylor who's the singer. And, I, you know, it's funny because now as I get older, I find that a lot of younger people know me, James Arnold Taylor, but they don't know the singer, James Taylor. So anyways, um. There was a singer that he, well, he's still around and he's wonderful and he, James Taylor. But when I was a kid, he was extremely popular. And so I always got that. So I went from being Jamie to then being James, but then my last name's Taylor. So it's James Taylor. So I had to deal with James Taylor jokes then since fourth grade, third or fourth grade of my life. Uh, you know, how many years ago was that? I don't know. That's 40 some odd years. For the last 40 some odd years of my life, I have had to deal with James Taylor jokes. And, you know, the frustrating thing, the, the, the biggest frustration about all of it is, is Taylor is not actually, so that is from uh, the man I thought was my father my whole life and then found out he's not my father. So my last name actually isn't Taylor. 
uh, I mean, it is legally it is because on my birth certificate and everything. But the truth is, is because since I found out later, he's not actually my father. My last name would not have been Taylor if I had actually had the last name of the person that was my father, whom I never. Well, I met him once when I was seven years old, but uh, that's it. And at the time when I met him at seven, I didn't know he was my father. I know this is so confusing and so off on a tangent, but the crazy thing is, is my last name would have not been Taylor, but it would have, well, it, I'm not going to get into the personal of it. It would have started with an R. And so my, so I would have been Jar, not Jat. <laughs> that doesn't have as much of a ring to it, does it? Jar, R. I would have been like a pirate. Jar, hargy, hargy, har. Uh, ooh, I haven't done a pirate voice here on the show, have I? I've done a lot of pirate voices in the past for a lot of different things, though. Legoland, I've done a lot of commercials for Legoland as, as a pirate. I've done a lot of pirates in cartoons. I've been the, uh, I was the skull for uh, this really cool thing at Disney, Disney World. It was called, um, was a, The Legend of Jack Sparrow. And it was a, it wasn't a ride, but you walked in and it was an experience. So it was all these, the whole room looked like there was a, a the Black Pearl, you know, Jack Sparrow's ship and all this stuff and rocks and like it was out at sea and, and this huge sky. And then this floating skull would come in. Like, you know, the skull at the Pirates of the Caribbean ride that says, dead men tell no tale. A couple, well, here's a, here's a, here's a little side note on this. And I'm already side noting all over the place, but uh, if you go to Disney World, the voice of the skull now there is me. Yep, that's me saying just before you go on that drop and it drops, you know, that's so cool. But here at Disneyland in in uh, California, it's not me. They're still using the old one. That eh, bums me out. Anyways, um, but so I did this thing, the legend of Jack Sparrow, and I was the skull. Hardy har har. Well, it looks like a good day for finding gold, eh, Captain Jack? And then Johnny Depp was actually Captain Jack. Now, I have voiced Captain Jack Sparrow many times. I'll tell you that story here in a second. I'll just start telling stories here today on the show. This is a story. It's story day. And since the rest of everybody else that works for me on the show is gone, I'm just going to tell you voiceover stories. How's that sound? Sound good? Awesome. Okay, great. I imagined you said yes. I think you all like these stories. So, okay, so Legend of Jack Sparrow. My friend uh, Jason Sorrell, who was an Imagineer at Disney, he said, I got the perfect guy to do the voice of the skull for this attraction we're doing. So now this whole attraction, it only lasted a couple years and then they got rid of it, which I think was a complete shame. It was amazing technology. It was this uh, holographic projection and it looked as though Johnny Depp was right there in the room with you. Like you, if you're there watching it, you'd swear he was there, but it's, it, it's all a projection. So when we shot it, I'm there that day with Johnny Depp. So the first day, okay, let me go. I'll go way back. I'm all right. This is fun. I'm, I'm telling you guys the whole story. So Jason Sorrell, my buddy, Jason, whom I love dearly. He's like a brother to me. He uh, hires me to do the voice of the skull for this attraction, the legend of Jack Sparrow. Johnny Depp is going to be there. I went in and recorded all my lines at Disney Imagineering separately so they could create the templates and do all of that. But they knew Johnny Depp was going to come in live. And so Jason's like, we got to have you there with him to interact with him. So in case we ad lib, in case he ad libs or something, then you can ad lib back and you guys can. And so I said, sure. So we had already recorded all my stuff, but then they set a date to record Johnny Depp. 
so it's all exciting and I'm going to, I got to go down. And at the time I had my Tesla Roadster, my little electric car, and I lived in Santa Barbara. So I stayed in a hotel for the night downtown in LA because they were shooting this on a soundstage way downtown in LA. And I book a hotel and I got to make sure they've got a charger for my car and all of that stuff so I can charge the car. And I get down there first thing in the morning, get there. And they say, Johnny Depp's not showing. Oh, he had some other commitment. And, you know, I mean, because he's, he's celebrities, man, they're very busy. So, well, famous celebrities. Again, I'm a celebrity. I'm not famous, although I'm busy. So look at that. But anyway, so I get down there and he's, he's not there. What are we going to do? And they found out last minute. So what Disney did was as a precaution, what they did is they got one of the guys that dresses up as Jack Sparrow at Disneyland to come in and do the part. And I got to tell you, this young man, I can't remember his name. He looked so much like Johnny Depp. It was amazing. And when he was dressed up as him, I mean, he looked like him regularly. But then when he was dressed up as Jack Sparrow, it was remarkable. It was remarkable how much he looked like him. He was not as tall as him, though. But uh, and he sounded he had the voice down pretty good, too. So we spent the day shooting him as a backup just in case they couldn't get Johnny Depp. They couldn't reschedule. So all day there, I'm there with the director. The director um, had directed some things in some of the Pirates movies. He was like a second unit director or something. He was a really nice fella. And he was good friends with my friend Mark Hamill, who you all know is Luke Skywalker. And so we were chatting about Mark and, you know, we had hit it off well, me and him. So they put me up on this scaffolding because they needed my eyeline to be right with where Captain Jack Sparrow was going to be looking. So because, again, they're they're shooting this on a huge green screen. The entire set is this gigantic green screen with just the front of a ship, the, the Black Pearl, and where Jack Sparrow would walk out and do his little things. And then the skull would fly around on the, you know, in the sky because it was all computer generated, right? So when you go into this, this room, the skull looks real, like he's just floating around in the air and Captain Jack looks real because it's this hologram of, of Captain Jack and they're talking to you and you as the audience sit there and watch it and you interact with it. It was a, it was a really fun thing. I don't know why they got rid of it. Anyways, so no Johnny Depp. So they shoot the whole thing with the Johnny Depp lookalike and I'm helping him because I had been doing Johnny's voice for many years already. And so they were having me help him because while he was, he looked just like him and he was very good. He wasn't, um, he, he wasn't prepared for this at all. They threw it at him last minute, which was really a huge thing. Cause the guy had to memorize a ton of dialogue and then he had to say it as Johnny Depp. And he, you know, he wasn't, he was like, I don't, you know, so I was helping him deliver the lines as Johnny Depp because I've spent you know, at that time, like 10 years doubling Johnny Depp. And I knew how his demeanor was and what he would do with the voice and where all that. And me, and I had been Captain Jack Sparrow for many years prior to that. You now, many of you know that I was Captain Jack on the Kingdom Hearts game. The first one that Captain Jack was in. I am not Captain Jack in the current one. I don't know who it is. It could be Johnny Depp himself because it sounds an awful lot like him, man. Whoever they got is doing a great job. I think they're doing great. I didn't get to do it because... So you all know the story of when I lost my voice to toxic mold back in 2005. Well, I only lost a couple jobs when I lost my voice. By the grace of God, I managed to still keep Fred Flintstone, Johnny Test, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Leonardo the Ninja Turtle, because we were shooting all those things at the same time. My Fox work, but Captain Jack, that voice got affected. 
when I got sick from black toxic mold and lost my voice and was suffering from chronic laryngitis, I could not get the voice. I couldn't get deep enough anymore. And so, you know, Captain J, you don't know my ship, the Black Pearl, mate. Oh, the savvy. Yes. Why is the rum gone? You know, it's all this is Captain J Sparrow, mate, right? But at the time, it was more like this. I sounded, I was up here. Because I was, I couldn't, I couldn't get any lower because my voice had been damaged from the mold. So I lost the job. I remember going in. I was heartbroken. I really was heartbroken. I went in and, and the wonderful folks at Disney, the voice casting, and they were heartbroken for me too because they loved me. They loved working with me, but they just knew it wasn't working anymore. And they were trying, they would pitch the voice and all this, but they just couldn't do it. And I lost that job. Bums me out because ever since then now, I have still done all of Johnny Depp's doubling for other things like The Mad Hatter. I've been his double in all the Alice in Wonderland movies. Um, For Willy Wonka, I was his double for that. Uh, For some other movies where he's just his regular voice. And, uh, and, you know, because Johnny Depp's voice is, um, it's all right about there. And that's, you know, and it's it's, it's all very soft as well. And he's got a bit of a, a, a little bit of an accent in it now. He kind of he's taken on a bit of a British accent when he talks, and so this is this is his regular voice. But at the time, I just couldn't get to it. So, anyways, so cut back now to when we're shooting the uh, Legend of Jack Sparrow, and no Johnny Depp. So a month goes by, and they say we got Johnny. He's committed. He's coming. So we need you to come back into the studio, get back up on the twenty foot scaffold, and do the whole thing over again. And so I go great. You know, and I'm getting paid. What do I care, right? And I, it's fun. So I get there, I, and this time they're on the they're on a a, a set a, a different green screen set, and it's at Disney. It's down down in Burbank. So I get there early that morning. I'm still I'm driving my Tesla. They they've got a plug for me and everything. I drive down there. My buddy Jason Sorrell is there, and uh, he's the writer of the whole thing. And Jason's got a lovely sense of humor and so funny. And um, Johnny Depp arrives. He's there. He's got his whole crew, his whole entourage. He's got hair and makeup. He's got everything. He's got his own Jack Sparrow outfit. They don't need to give him costume. He's got it all. They've got a trailer for him. He comes in. He, uh, before he gets into the whole outfit, he comes out and he's, he's meets with all of us. And he was such a lovely individual. I know that, you know, people have, there's been, uh, there was that Rolling Stone article recently about him and stuff. And he's, he's been kind of troubled. And I, you know, my, my prayers are with Johnny Depp. They really are. When you've been a celebrity that long, you know, cause he was, he was uh, a very young man, started as an actor, 21 Jump Street and all of that. And you are exposed to so much where everybody just falls at your feet and you know but but you know what i mean everybody gives you whatever you need and whatever you want whenever you want however you want and and there's all that money and there's all that is that's a that is a hard thing not that i would know from personal experience i i know from personal experience of seeing it because i have friends that are famous and i have you know and i know that it's very difficult so god bless him but i have to tell you when i worked with him so i spent an entire day on a set, on a green screen set with just myself and Johnny Depp acting with Johnny Depp. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool as a voice actor. You don't get to say that that often. And he was a a lovely gentleman. So he goes and he gets into costume and all of that. And I'm up on my scaffold and, uh, and you know, the cool thing was, is that the, the young man that 
played Captain Jack on the, the month earlier when we were recording it before, he got to come and meet Johnny Depp and get pictures with him and stuff. And that was really cool. That was a really neat thing. And Johnny was so nice. In fact, there's pictures of, of me and Johnny Depp. I think it was up on my IMDb and it's in my Instagram. And I've, I posted every once in a while uh, where I, you know, I'm, I'm in regular t-shirt and jeans and he's all dressed completely as Captain Jack. So, uh, anyways, my day with Johnny Depp was wonderful. We had a great time. He was so quick to changes and stuff. He had a ton of dialogue he had to have memorized and stuff. I do know that sometimes he uses an earpiece where they, they so I, and that may have been how he did it that day. And I, I think it is because, because he never missed a line ever. And that's what's, so I'm guessing, so the way it works from what I understand is he has an earpiece in his ear that's small. You can't see it. And then there's somebody in his trailer who is actually hearing and watching and listening in on everything and is feeding him the lines. And then he just says the lines and it, so it was great. I mean, it worked, you know, it worked. I mean, the first, that's a hard thing to do by the way, but it works for him and it, it worked this time and and I think he constantly wears the earpieces as well because from what I understand he has tinnitus and I have tinnitus as well and I don't know if you know what tinnitus is ringing in the ears so I have a ever-present ringing in my ears that is always there due to I don't know what uh it happened uh gosh I want to say about 10 years ago or so it started and um, and Johnny Depp's probably happened from being on sets with gunshots and things because it's usually when they're a loud explosion or something. I was mixing sound for a couple of short films at the time. And on one of them, I had to create the sound of after uh, somebody, a gunshot went off in front of somebody's ears. And I had to then create the sound of of ringing in their ears. And so in the studio all day, I had to sit there with that tone going. And it seems like it came up after that. So I may have just, I may have damaged my hearing there. So uh, yes, tinnitus is not a fun thing to have. Johnny Depp, I believe has it. And that's why he, um, yeah, from, from what I understand, he wears ear earpieces all the time with music playing. So he doesn't have to hear the thing. Because for some people, it can be very maddening. Uh, I've learned to manage it uh, pretty well myself but uh it can be annoying at times some days it's worse than others and there you go but anyway so my day with johnny depp so we um we joked around together we had fun he was a delight and i'm up on this scaffold going our captain jack and uh and then he would he would throw bottles at me and shoot guns at me and we'd ad lib and have fun and then and then it turned into this thing the legend of jack sparrow and it was such a great piece i think you can still see it let me see let me check on YouTube. I believe, yes, The Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean show at Disney, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Look that up. You'll see it there. It's, it's really neat. It's a neat thing. And that's me. I'm the skull in that. And I'm also, you know what? I forgot. I'm also Davy Jones, which was Bill Nye in the movies, but I, I voiced him for the attraction. So I voiced uh, Davy Jones. Jack Sparrow! You know, and 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 I was the I was the skull. I was I did both voices, and that was a lot of fun. So uh, there you go. That's my adventures of working with Johnny Depp. And then uh, just a couple a year or two ago, I went in and recorded the voices of the skull for, like I say, for Disney World for the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Now it is Johnny Depp in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride where Jack Sparrow uh, comes up, but people thought it was me at first. It wasn't me. It was actually Johnny Depp. And from what I understand, he recorded that 
while they were recording the movie. So he was somewhere in the Caribbean. Here's another funny story while talking about Johnny Depp. When I recorded all the lines for all of the Willy Wonka or the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory video games, which there were a couple different games, uh, he was in, and I tell this story in my stage show actually, but he was in the Caribbean shooting the Pirates movies. And so he was unable to do it and they got me to do it. And so Colette Sunderman, who I was talking about before, who gave me the name Jat, and it may have been while we were doing this, Colette goes, I need you to match Johnny Depp's voice for this Willy Wonka stuff. I go, great. She goes, here's the thing. He's doing a very different voice on it. I said, that's okay, cool. I'll take a listen and see. She goes, but here's the issue. They only gave us seven seconds of dialogue. And that's when I turned into Johnny Test and said, say what? For those of you that don't know, Johnny Test, one of my characters, that's his little catchphrase. Say what? Yeah, they had seven, seven or nine seconds, something like that, something ridiculous of dialogue from the movie. They were so secretive with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and everything that was going on is they couldn't even give us who were going to be making the video game based on the movie any information other than like a few seconds of dialogue of Johnny Depp as him. So from this, Colette and I spent the day at my home studio dissecting this seven, I think it was seven or nine seconds, something like that. It was, it was like three lines of dialogue. It was the waterfall mixes the chocolate, stirs it up, you know, and then um, chewing gum is really gross. Chewing gum, I hate the most. See, exactly the same. Uh, and then a couple other lines. So I had to figure out what he was doing with this character. Now, Johnny Depp, as you know, he changes with every character. He's all over the place, you know, for the Mad Hatter, his voice is all over. Oh, Alice, Alice, oh, it's, it's wonderful to see. And then he'll go down into this deep kind of thing. And then he'll start having a really kind of tough accent. He'll be doing that. So he he's all over the place with characters. So we thought, well, what if this isn't, what if he's going other places as Willy Wonka? How am I supposed to base, I had over six hours of dialogue I had to read as Willy Wonka based off of like, you know, these few seconds and a couple of lines of dialogue from the movie. But we managed to do it. So they put all the, li- all the lines on a uh, CD, because this is back in the day, and they sent it to Johnny Depp. He requested it, and he asked for my cell number and my home number so he could call me in case he felt I missed anything or didn't get it right. Isn't that cool? Not in a chastising way, but in a way to where he would call and help me work on the character and the lines. But uh, as I say in my show, much to my wife's chagrin, Johnny Depp never called. But... Uh, <laughs> And then in my stage show, the phone rings and I answer it. And then I talk to Johnny Depp and stuff. It's kind of fun. I I guess I could do that here, but eh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, um, should I do it? You want me to do the bit? Okay, I'll do the bit. So anyways, I say, but Johnny Depp never called. Oh, should I answer it? Okay, okay, okay. Let me answer. I'll answer. Let's see. Hello? Hey, Taylor. It's Leary. Dennis Leary? Hello, that's what I said, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but I was thinking it was Johnny Depp, and so I... I Depp what? I didn't know you had a bigger name on the other line. No, 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 no. I was talking about an impression I do of Johnny Depp, and so... Yeah, well, uh, newsflash, Obi-Wan Kenobody. The impression of me that you do stinks, okay? Oh, the impression I do of you stinks, huh? That's right, loser. And you know who does a better one? No, who? The person you thought it was, Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to fool you. I was working on my Dennis Leary impression. What do you think? Uh, well, it's very good, sir. Yeah. You know, the truth is, James, you do my voice pretty well, but yeah. there's somebody else that actually does it much better than you. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, who? 
Gilbert Gottfried, because it's actually Gilbert doing Johnny Depp right now. Oh, sure. I've been punked by Gilbert Gottfried. Ah, this is good. But you know, the joke is really on you, James, because it's not Dennis Leary or Johnny Depp or even me, Gilbert Gottfried. Huh? It's actually you. Me? Yeah, it's you. Or me, James. <laughs> How's it going? Wait, 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 wait. How are you, me, and I'm me, and... Uh, we... Well, the show is called Talking to Myself. Hello. That's true. Yeah. Well, anyways, look, I gotta go. Oh, wait, no, no, wait. Let me do my John Lovett. No, I gotta go. I'm John Yeah, yeah, goodbye. Lovett. All right. So that's that's what happens on the stage show when uh, I get a phone call from what I think is Johnny Depp. Anyways, uh, the, that's some fun voiceover stories about me working with Johnny Depp and voicing Johnny Depp and doubling Johnny Depp. But uh, yeah, so he never called me, but it uh, would have been great. And I've, I've doubled him for many other things now. And I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to double uh, for celebrities. You know, uh, oh, one of the ones that uh, I've done a lot of doubling for is the How to Train Your Dragon series. I did the TV show, the uh, Dragons. Uh, well, it was a Netflix show, right? Dragons. Um, and I, so I recorded, the way it works is I would record all of Hiccup's lines and then Jay Baruchel would come in and re-record, but I would record everything first. And so, uh, Hiccup Haddock, that is uh, voiced by Jay Baruchel, and I, I do his voice when he's not able to do his voice. And there's a uh, funny story. So, I I do his voice for the show, and they were playing some stuff, and they said, uh, Jay, we got to redo this. And he said, why? What's wrong with it? And they said, well, it's not you. And he went, oh, wow, that guy's good. So yeah, so he didn't even know it was me. And um and then I also double for Christopher Mintz Place for that, who plays fish legs. And so uh it's really cool. You know, he almost sounds like Billy. It, yeah, it really is almost Billy's voice. I mean it's not it's not as up here and doing all that. But it's uh, that's kind of where I based Billy's voice is Christopher Mintz Place. You ever seen the movie Super Bad? He was uh he was McLovin in that. But uh, his voice is really pretty similar to my voice. It's just kind of Michael J. Fox with a little more crackle and a little different. But uh, so it's right there. Oh, oh uh, Hiccup. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I think we should take a look at these dragons because uh, it's very interesting. Oh, okay, fish legs. So you've got, uh, you've got both of them there. And I've doubled for them from the beginning for all the video games, all the toys, all the commercials, all the anything that isn't the uh, the film or the TV show, although some of my lines end up in there because I end up recording all of it as well because I scratch for them. So sometimes it's them, sometimes it's me. And hopefully, all the time, you never know or never can tell the difference. And even they have been fooled by my voice. So hopefully, there you go. And the new movie has come out now, How to Train Your Dragon 3, and I have not seen it yet, but I worked on it and I know the whole thing, uh, working with the director of it. It was so great. And I can't wait to see it because I know it's going to be a really uh, tearjerker of a movie. I, if, if some of you have seen it already. But uh, so I did a lot of Jay's doubling in that and then a lot of Christopher Mintz Place's stuff. And I'll be curious to see my voice maybe even in there somewhere as Chris Place's because um, it's it's so close. Christopher Mintz Place's voice and mine that is the closest to being exactly my voice in any any closer than anyone that match so i voice double a lot of celebrities from you know johnny depp uh, michael j fox ewan mcgregor christopher walken christopher lloyd paul reiser dick van dyke uh andrew garfield 
of course, David Spade. I've done, you know, just countless, countless voice doubles, but um, uh, Jay Baruchel, but Christopher Mintz Place, I think is closer than any. And my wife would agree too, because I can play her some of him and she'll go, oh, I thought that was you. So uh, yeah, pretty darn close and a lot of fun, really fun to uh, double uh, some of those voices. But it's also, you know, it, it can be, if it's a great director, somebody that I know, somebody that knows me, somebody that gets the character, it's great. But when it's a director that is not as familiar with the character, which happens sometimes on like spinoffs or one-offs and things, um, you it's it's not that it's not the director's fault. It can be just a little more nerve-wracking because if they're not hearing it the same way, like if their ears are going, eh, I don't know, you sound a little too much like you, uh, it can be very frustrating because I want to get it right for them. So whenever you double somebody, you, you, how do you voice double somebody? I don't know. People have asked me that. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I basically, like I told you on a couple episodes ago, I, I have like a little recorder in my head and I just hear them and then I feel my voice change and I picture them in my head and then I picture, I kind of recall every line they've ever said. And so as I'm reading lines of dialogue, I associate it with a line that would be similar to that, that was already read. So, you know, if... If uh, Jay Burchell has to say, um, toothless, we got to get out of here, I will reference, you know, another time in one of the other episodes where he would say, toothless, let's go, bud. You know, and so I'll, I'll hear that in my head and then I'll read the lines kind of in that vein. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I do when I double people. I've always been able to impersonate people. Ever since I was a little kid, I just have been able to pick up on things. It's kind of funny how I have been more comfortable being other people in my life than I have being myself. So, and it's because, you know, I didn't find out until I was 42 years old that I wasn't the person I thought I was. I was not James Taylor. But uh, but it's funny to me that this whole kind of thing of identity for myself, ever since finding that out, has made so much more sense to me why I've spent most of my life and career being other people's voices and not my own. So it's fun for when people say, oh, you sound just like Ratchet or, oh, you sound like Titus or you sound like the Flash or Spider-Man or whatever, because those are in my regular voice. But those ones are sometimes the hardest ones for me to figure out. Let's drink some water. So with that, we move into the big question for today's episode, Do you know who you are and are you comfortable with who you are? I hope you are. It's important to like yourself. It is. Do you like yourself? See, I guess that some of you are saying, eh, no. I want you to like yourself, okay? Why is it important to like yourself? Well, God wants us to like ourselves. He wants us to love ourselves. He wants us to love others as we love ourselves. See, so it's important, you know, because that's a commandment. Love, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, uh, you know, so that comes with the condition that you do actually love yourself and care for yourself. And then you can love your neighbor the same way. And that's why I love all of you is I, I, I love you as myself, as I, I, I want to treat you the way I would want to be treated. So I think that that's the other interesting thing when some people have issues with kind of loving themselves or caring for themselves, they still want to be treated well like they want other people to treat them well but they won't treat themselves well so are you one of those people if you are you've got to treat yourself well okay you really do 
So do me a favor this week. Be kinder to yourself. Cut yourself a break more often. I'll give you a little personal story to, to note of this. Today, today, while I was editing an earlier podcast, I step out of my office and then right next door to my office in our house is our classroom, our study. We have a, a study room and that's, you know, bookshelves and it's our library and it's, and then there's, we have two desks there, uh, back to back and my wife and my daughter's desks are there and they sit there and that's where they do school and that's our classroom. And I come out and I'm going to make some salads for everybody because I make most of the food most of the time. And so it was time for a little snack to get away, take that break. Remember I talked about taking breaks. So I say to my wife, do you want a salad? She says, yeah, sure. I say to Lydia, do you want a salad? She goes, eh. And I can tell something's wrong. And I say, what's up, kiddo? And she's like, oh, she just, she just gets really sad. And she's talking about this math test she had just taken. So now we homeschool our daughter. So all their schooling is done here. And so she had just had a math test. Now, Lydia is great with math. She really is. But she doesn't believe she is. She has a hard time with math. Now, I had a terrible time with math. I'll go off on a tangent for a moment here, tell you a little story. When I was younger, when I was in like second, third grade, I was really good at math. They actually put me in an advanced math class. But then, see, I moved around a lot. So then from second to third grade, we moved to a new place and started a new school. And then things were different. A teacher, and I I was doing the multiplication tables and all this stuff, and this teacher was... uh, I, I couldn't get it and I needed help, but she wouldn't give me any help. And she was just treating me kind of like I was being a nuisance asking for help. And I'm not blaming her, but you know, I mean, she had a lot of kids in the room and everything and it was a different time. But this teacher kind of just got frustrated with me and I got frustrated then. And then from that point on, I just never really enjoyed math again. And then cut to seventh grade. And in seventh grade, when I was in seventh grade, what is that? You're like 12 11 or 12, I got really sick for a time, for a period of a few months where they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I had really bad back pain and I had really, uh, I think I had stomach pains and I had all these problems. And, and we went and did every possible test and every day I was having to get blood drawn and stuff. And I remember to where the point where I was just like uh, in there just crying, just like, oh, I don't want them to draw any more blood. You know, my mom worked at a hospital. So all the tests and stuff were covered under her insurance and everything. And so they gave me MRIs. They gave me, they wanted to make sure I was okay. And they, they never found out what was wrong. I think a lot of it was stress. I think a lot of it was anxiety. But um, so for a few months, I missed a lot of school and my math teacher flunked me and he was not a nice guy. And my mom and I both asked him, can you give him some makeup tests. Can you give me some makeup tests and stuff? He's like, no, he missed too much. That's it. He gets an F. Flunked. I flunked. I'd never flunked anything in my life. And I, uh, from that point on, then, so the next year they put me in like basic math in a basic math class and they treated me like I didn't know anything. And uh, I gave up on it. That all was very hard. So math ended up being a thing, even in through high school, that I was just, I told myself I wasn't good at. So now cut back to today. Lydia is here and she, uh, I'm asking her about this math test and she, she feels like she did really bad and she's really upset with herself that she did so bad that she starts crying. And I'm just, so I'm just giving her a hug and she's just really coming down on herself. I'm so stupid. I can't do this like every time. And, you know, just 
really coming down hard on herself. And so we just had to have a little talk. And I thought, you know, I mean, it's funny that this, I didn't even think of that when I started this topic here with all of you, but we had to kind of show her, look, she loves reading. She loves history. She loves, she's so good at so many subjects. She's really a wonderful student, but math does require more brain power, but she's really good at like when she gets it, she gets it. She's in higher math. I think now here than I got to in, in school. So she's really good at it, but she's really hard on herself when she's not getting it, when she has bad days. Cause we all have bad days. We all have days when our brain just doesn't want to do it. And she was having that. So she was just getting down on herself. And so we just had to have a real big talk about, no, look, you guys, so she missed, uh, she missed eight out of 20. So she got 12, right? I said, you know what? That's not bad. She's used to getting like, you know, one wrong on things, but in math, she'll get four wrong, something like that usually. Uh, but sometimes she'll get none wrong. Sometimes she'll get one wrong. But when she gets the ones wrong, she comes down really hard on herself and it's frustrating to her. And that makes her even more frustrated. So my point is, is that what you're doing? Do you do that with yourself? If so, I'll give you the same advice I gave her. You can't allow these things to do that because for every one of those things that you are bad at, or in your mind, you're bad at, there's truly hundreds of other things you're great at, and you could make a list. And even if you are bad at something, for one, there's an opportunity to become great at it. So like I said to her, because she's a ballerina, she used to be really hard on herself. She'd be like, I can't get this step right or that step. And I'd be like, just keep practicing. Just try it. Start slow. Do it in slow motion first and then speed up and do it a hundred times in a day and then speed up, speed up, speed up. And now she does the moves perfectly and she doesn't even think about it. I said, remember how you do that? She's like, yeah. I go, do that with math. Start slow. Don't pressure yourself. But she gets pressured with the tests. You know, there's a timer and there's all of that. Some people just don't test well. That's the other thing I said to her. You just have to accept the fact that you put more pressure on yourself when there's a test, but that does not mean you can't conquer that. And I say that to you too. It doesn't mean you can't conquer that ability uh, that says, oh, you're not good at tests. You can become good at tests, but you have to change your mindset. You have to go, you know what? It's okay if I get something wrong. You know what? It's okay if I don't finish in time. As long as I take my time and I do it to the best of my abilities. I will get progressively better and better each time. As long as I tell myself, I will get better and better each time. But don't tell yourself, I'm no good at this. I can't do this. Because once you do that, you are burning those things into your subconscious mind. Okay? But when I told her, look at how you used to do it with the dance moves. And now you do it normal. She went, oh, yeah, you're right. Look at how when you used to swim, you'd be afraid to jump in the water. Now you just jump in the water and then you go swimming and all that. Oh, yeah, you're right. When you were afraid to jump off the diving board. Oh, yeah, you're right. So... It could be the same with math, but just don't tell yourself you're bad at it. With those things, you didn't tell yourself you were bad at it. You were determined to get better at them, right? Yeah. So that's what I say to all of you now. What is it that you are determined to tell yourself you're wrong or you're bad at it? Don't do it anymore, please. Don't do it for me, okay? If you listen to this show and you respect what I say and you respect who I am and all of that, and you don't have a mentor or a big brother or a father or whatever there to say these things to you, I'm saying it to you now. Do it for me, okay? Because I believe in you. Take your time. Reset. Breathe. I can get through this. 
And even if it just gets frustrating and frustrating, you know what? Like Luke, man. Luke on Dagobah. I can't do it. It's just too big. Judge me by my size, do you? And then Yoda shows him, right? Look at that. Pull from things that you know that inspire you. Comic books, movies, music, TV shows, this podcast. And see that people do it. Okay? I was the shortest kid in my class. I was a little nerd. I had no father. I came from a very broken home. And now... I make my living in Hollywood doing voices for cartoons and movies and video games. I make a nice living and I get to live a beautiful, wonderful life with my wife and my daughter, whom I love dearly, and all of you whom I care for. I, I did it. You can do it too. You can do it. I experience ADHD. I get it. But I also have seen that when I stop, slow down, breathe, do things in slow motion and then speed up progressively and get better and better and better at it. Concentrate, study more, figure out the answers to things and how they work. Figure out the workings, the inner workings of things. And when I go, I can't, I still can't figure it out. Take a break, come back to it. Find an analogy to it. Sometimes if you find something that is analogous to it, meaning something that is similar to it, that you do well, you can apply that to the thing you're not applying right here. Okay? So, I love this. I love that we're off. We're, we go from talking about voices and all of that to now talking about this. And I hope it helps you. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Love yourself and then love others with that same passion and hope. That's all God wants of you. That's all Jat wants of you. It really works. Do it. Try it. And notice the difference in your life. I can tell you that from experience. It works. All right. Well, what do you say we take some of your mail? Ah, that's good water. Hey, Bob. Bobbity Bob, 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 Bobberino, Bob. Vinny Bobberino. Ooh, ooh, that was a Welcome Back Cotter reference. Welcome Back Cotter. That's right, Bob. I wonder if the folks listening know Welcome Back Cotter. I think some of you do, but a lot of you don't. That was a TV show. Starring John Travolta. You know? John Travolta. You know John Travolta? He was huge when I was a kid. Mr. Barberino. Vinny Barberino. is crazy. Sandy. Yo, yo, Mr. Carter. Anyways, hey, Bob, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm very inspired by what you were saying there, James. Good, Bob. I, you know, look, I, I hope you are not too hard on yourself. Oh, well, you know, as a matter of fact, I am sometimes. What are, you, what are you hard on yourself about? Oh, my, my little stuttery, stammery kind of uh, way of being. Okay, no, 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 no. Hang on. I have friends, uh, in fact, a very dear friend of mine who is uh, as close as a brother to me. His name is Scott Damien Arroyo. Scotty uh, wrote a book called Voice, A Stutterer's Odyssey. And we recorded it here at my studios, at Jat Studios. And Scotty was a stutterer as a young person and had, boy, what a life. And you should pick up his book. It's called Voice, A Stutterer's Odyssey. Check it out by Scott Damien. Okay? Look for it. It's on Amazon. You can get the Audible book if you're interested because it was recorded here at this studio. I recorded it for him. It's not my voice. It's Scott's voice recording it, but I engineered it and produced it. It's a wonderful story about a, a young man who was a stutterer and learned how to control that. 
It goes in line completely with what we're talking about here on today's show. It's a beautiful book. It's a wonderful book. And Scotty is one of the most, I I love him to pieces. He's one of the dearest people in the world to me. I say that a lot about a lot of people, but there's a lot of people that are very dear to me. Scotty is is truly a brother to me, a brother in Christ, a brother in in arms, a brother in every way. And uh, his book, Voice, A Stutterer's Odyssey, I highly recommend you check that one out. It does have some content, some language and stuff. So folks, if uh, if you're um, listening with your kids or whatever, you know, that one, yeah, you got to watch some of the content there. It's not overboard, but it's not, it's not really, really bad, but there is some stuff. There's a little more adult themed. There's some adult themes in that book, but it is a wonderful story for adults. Anyways, so you, uh, you get a down on yourself for that, Bob. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And no, yes. Sometimes I do. Well, I don't think you should. I think you have a beautiful voice. And I know that all the fans here love you and love your voice and love how you read all the letters. You read all the letters beautifully. Oh, well, uh, no, that's that means the world to me, James, and I, I will take that to heart. Okay, good. I hope you do. Uh, what do you have for us here today? Oh, well, uh, no, we've got uh, some uh, very good, uh, some very, very lovely uh, emails. That's right. People have gone to jamesarnoldtaylor.com. They've clicked on the Jat Show link, and then they've chose in the Choose a Topic, the little drop-down menu, the Jatcast podcast, and they have written things to be read on the show. Hundreds, well, thousands of you, really, uh, have written, and we sort through them. Bob does a great job doing that. Bob, you do it. See, you're good at that, too. Well, uh, no, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, what have we got here? Oh, well, uh, no, no, our first one is from Justin in the UK. Justin in the UK. What does Justin say? Justin says, uh, Hey, James, I first heard you on Rebel Force Radio and you mentioned your own podcast there. I've been listening for a couple of months and love the stuff you're doing. My questions are, are you friends with Obi-Wan Ewan McGregor? And... Other than Star Wars, what is your go-to movie franchise that you enjoy watching? I have been encouraged by your podcast a lot about following your dreams. It has helped me a lot as I am writing a novel, and I am only in sixth grade. Wow! You go, Justin! That's awesome! May the Force be with you. P.S. I would be over the moon if I heard you answer the question on the podcast, and my favorite characters are Billy and Hank with his onion sandwiches. (laughs) Okay, hey, hey! Well, you know, gosh, I wonder if they're back yet. Let me see if, uh, hey, Hank, are you here? Hank. Hey, why are you, why are you, why are you, yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, 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 hello. Hank, say hi to Justin in the UK, all right? Hello, 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 Justin. You're glad you're not on this microphone because then you would smell my onion sandwich. Hello. Yeah, f- okay, yeah, but I'm here on this microphone and I smell that onion sandwich. Hey, thanks. So you guys had fun shooting pool? Yeah, we had a good time. We're going to go back. I'll bring it. Okay. I don't know what he's saying. All right, Justin. There's some great questions. And see, Billy uh, and Hank, well, Billy didn't say hi, but Hank said hi to you there. And that's that's nice. I First off, I think it's fantastic that you're in sixth grade and you're writing a novel. You know, my daughter was in sixth grade when she started writing her first novels. And she's written nine novels now. And now we just got to try to get them published. They're really good. And I bet yours are as well. And I, you know what? Just keep going, Justin. Keep writing. Write, write, write. Just figure it out, man. You find your voice in all of these things and the characters and stuff. And just, just enjoy what you do. Enjoy that storytelling. Never give up on it, okay? That's wonderful, my friend. I can't wait to go to a, a store one day and see your name on a book. I believe it'll happen. Okay. 
Um, so your questions are, have I ever met uh, or am I friends with Ewan McGregor? I'm, I'm not friends with Ewan McGregor. I have not officially met him. We've been in the same room together. We've been around each other. We've not ever officially met. I would love to meet Ewan McGregor. I think he's a, a wonderful actor and he's a great guy. And of course, he's brought so much wonderful life to Obi-Wan as well. And so we have that in common and I would love to meet him, but I am not friends with him right now, but maybe someday, maybe I'll meet him someday. And then your other question was, other than Star Wars, what is your go-to movie franchise that you enjoy watching? Well, my favorite one, I actually was thinking about talking about this even on the podcast at some point here today, was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Indiana Jones movies. Those are my favorite of all time. I love those more than Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know a lot of you people are like, oh, what? Well, just a little more. Okay. But um, yeah, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And The Last Crusade, those three movies, those are the ones. Uh, the Crystal Skull, meh. But um, love Indiana Jones. When I was a kid, when I was your age, when I was in sixth grade, I would dress up as Indiana Jones. I had the fedora. They, they made a Lost Ark hat. I had the fedora. I found a leather jacket. Um, I, I found a bullwhip online and I ordered it. And I, would, I could use a bullwhip. Still to this day, I'm pretty good with a bullwhip. I could knock a nail off of a, like a fence post or whatever. I could stick little things up on a fence post and I would whoosh with the whip and I could knock them off. I could knock a pencil out of somebody's hand without touching their hand. I got really good with a bullwhip and I loved Indiana Jones and I would play Indiana Jones. And me and my friends, when we were in your, in sixth grade, when we were your age, we wrote a sequel. This was when it was just Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was before all the other ones came out. We wrote our own sequel and we were going to shoot it on Super 8 and, uh, but my camera didn't always work that great. And, but we mapped it all out. We storyboarded it. We drew it out. We had a whole storyline. There was this old abandoned truck in this, uh, kind of rundown foresty area where we lived. And we would, we were going to pretend that that was a part of an explosion from the, the Nazis and that Indy was going to go in there. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was fun. And we, we had a whole storyline, but I love Raiders of Lost Ark. The first one was my favorite. I've seen that movie hundreds of times, Justin, hundreds of times. And when I go and watch it now, I can, I can quote the whole thing. I drive people crazy. <laughs> um, and there's a great part. One of my favorite parts is and most of you know, this movie, when one of the Nazis is, uh, in the truck scene is one of my favorite scenes. That is one of the most brilliant pieces of filmmaking ever. When, uh, Sala, Indy, if you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Truck? What truck? And then dun, 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 dun. Oh man, it's so good. And he's on the horse and he, you know, all that. And the one German soldier is climbing on the, the roof of the truck to get jump in and, and get Indy because Indy's driving and his hat blows off. And my favorite thing to do in a big room of people is when that happens, just before his hat blows off, I go and I blow at the screen and then his hat flies off. <laughs> all right so there you go justin from the uk all right my friend thank you for listening to the james arnold taylor podcast thank you for asking me questions and uh i hope you enjoy hearing this response what do we got bob oh yes well oh no that was a great i, I loved i loved hearing about that that's very good the, the next one is from kieran from canada kieran from canada 
Yes, it says, Hey James, I just wanted to say thank you for your amazing voice work. Your portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi is iconic, and you are a true role model. My question is, what is your favorite, most heartwarming fan interaction? Oh, my f- most favorite or heartwarming fan interaction. Wow. Wow, Karen, that's a great question. I've had many. I think I've told you all the story before of like the father and son that went to Star Wars weekends. And the father came up to me and his son uh, is autistic. And he said they have this every year. They drive out to Disney World for Star Wars weekends. This was years ago. And he said, um, and I always use this as a way to connect with my son for a week. But we went to your show last night, James, your Obi-Wan and Beyond or talking to myself as we call it now. And there's this segment in it where you do the sound. And I, I do this whole bit called the sound. And I talk about when I was a little kid. So when I was a little kid, I would pretend that I was, I made my own superhero, named him The Sound. Because I used to listen to old radio plays, The Shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The Shadow knows. (laughs) I loved The Shadow and all those old radio plays. So I had a Radio Shack recorder and I, created my own character called The Sound. And he would use sound waves to manipulate uh, sound and get the bad guys. And so I do this whole bit in my stage show about the sound as being a little kid jumping around in my room playing. And this man says to me, after his son and him are watching the show and they're watching that part, his son is just entranced by it. And he says his son nudges his dad and says to him, dad, that's what it's like for me. And the dad, you know, he says, thank you for helping me connect with my son through your show. I was able to... um, get closer to my son who has autism who you know sometimes is in his own space and it's hard for me to be able to relate to him but your show related to him and he was able to say to me that's how that's how it is for me so that was really heartwarming that was a beautiful story and i and and there are several stories many most of the most heartwarming stories i have are from folks uh that are either autistic or have asperger's and such that were affected by my stage show and because they really took to it and they related to it. And I I just, I love that. Um, so that's some of my favorite stuff. Uh, there was also at, at a convention, these folks came up to me and they um, they were Final Fantasy fans and they, they met, they both had a love for Final Fantasy and they, they're now married and then they have a kid and they were brought their kid to meet me because Final Fantasy X was their favorite game. And that's how they came together as a couple was through that game. So they wanted to meet me because I was Titus in that game, the main character. And uh, that was really heartwarming. And then also, of course, my friends, uh, Chris and Jess, who got married this last year for the Star Wars wedding. And I got to, me and Anna Graves, the Duchess of Teen, got to marry them at a convention in Salt Lake City as Obi-Wan and Satine. And that was pretty awesome because they met and fell in love uh, through their love of Star Wars, but specifically Clone Wars. And they're cosplaying as the Duchess and Obi-Wan. So that's pretty cool. So I've got some wonderful stories. There's And there's so many more. There's so many more that I can't even list them all here now. But Kieran, I hope that uh, I hope that answers the question for you. Oh, I think I think you did a good job there, James. Well, thank you, Bob. What else? We got we got time for one more. Oh, I, I think we do. Yes. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, here's another one from Canada. Oh, and it says Canada, eh? Oh, like, oh, yeah, they're from Canada, eh? Yes, it's from Sabrina in Canada, eh? <laughs> okay. 
says, Hey James, I really have been loving the podcast and everything you do, from the voices to the talks about life and the entertainment industry. I greatly admire what you've done with your talents and platform. Thank you, Sabrina. Even the bits about your faith, I find myself really enjoying, despite the fact that I am not religious. I especially love listening to the show while working on the projects for my art class to surround myself with even more inspiration. After all this babbling on here, here's my question. As a high school student that currently lives a busy and stressful life, I enjoy little daily rituals or routines to manage that stress. Uh, meaning reading, yoga, meditation. And I was wondering if you have any daily rituals that help you through your daily life. Unrelated side note, I am a massive fan of Young Justice. I love your work on it, and I think it would be absolutely hilarious if you or one of your other characters would interview G. Gordon Godfrey. Lots of love from Canada, Sabrina. Well, <laughs> thank you, Sabrina. That's a great letter. That's a great letter, Sabrina. That's wonderful. Um, And you're not babbling on at all. I love that even though you're not religious, you take in what I'm saying and you enjoy that. You know, that's been the word I've gotten from so many of you. Thank you for all of you that stick with me, even though I talk about my, my Christian faith and all of that. Because, you know, I'm just talking about it. Here's the thing. I think if everybody could talk about what they believe more openly, we'd have a much better conversation going on. Because... Nobody's saying you have to believe exactly what I believe, but I want you to understand what I believe and why I believe it, you know, and that's what I want from all of you. And then that's what I hope you would gain from me. I want to understand why you believe in what you believe. And I want you to understand what I believe and why I believe it too. So that's, that's, what's really cool about this. And that's why I enjoy talking about my faith and sharing with you all because it's the most important thing to my life, you know? So there you go. But to answer your question, do I have daily rituals? I do. Um, yeah, I meditate, uh, as well. As I've mentioned before in shows, I meditate with God. I bring it in as, uh, as a, as a Christian meditation in that. And, uh, my wife and I meditate together and we do a lot of positive thinking and positive visualizations together about our health, about our life, about our, our, um, our work, our finances, our friends, our family, our house, our neighborhood, of course, our daughter all that stuff. And that's a ritual for us. Um, another one is just, again, water, drinking water, making sure there's enough water, making sure I eat enough, making sure I breathe, do deep breathing. That's part of my rituals. Deep breathing every day. Being grateful every day. Thanking God every day. I, I, I do my best to thank God every day in some way, shape, or form. So there you go. And uh, and the side note, uh, I love your idea of interviewing G. Gordon Gottfried on the show. Uh, we'll We'll see what we can do on that. That'd be, that'd be fun. We'll get G. Gordon in here. G. Gordon from Young Justice, as I've mentioned uh, earlier, that I have taken over for uh, the great Tim Curry as the voice of G. Gordon Godfrey on Young Justice this uh, last season. And I'm grateful for that with great reverence. Um, so there you go. Well, all right, Bob. I think that's all the time we have. But I think we've had a pretty good show. What do you think, Bob? Oh, in, in double D. Yes, indeed. So you're uh, you're back now. Were you there shooting pool? I don't remember. Were you some of the one of the people there shooting pool with them? Yeah. Oh yes. I, I in fact I won. I was the big winner. You were the big one. I, I thought Billy was doing pretty good. Well, no, Billy was. I've taught him everything I know, but I actually ended up winning everybody. Now, what was the game you were playing then? Nine ball. Nine. See, I like nine ball. Nine ball is the one where you have to do it all in order. You you have to shoot the one ball, the two, the three, everything in order, and you have to call the pockets and everything too, right? Oh, in double D, yes. So you're pretty good. Bob, this is what I love about you, Bob. You skydive. You're a, a pool shark. You're, you're very surprising. And people wouldn't guess that from your voice. And that's kind of like 
the opposite of me. Like when people see me, they wouldn't guess that I have all these voices in me. So that's what I love about that. That's great, Bob. Thanks, man. Oh, yes, absolutely. All right, Bob. Well, you can go get Mr. Announcer Guy. But before we close the show, I don't know. People don't don't stop listening because I'm going to do that new thing each time where I read something. I'm going to read something in a character here. Okay, go ahead, Bob. Oh, yeah. All right. Yes. Very good. We'll see you all later. Yes. All right. Thanks, Bob. And so, yes, thank you for listening to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Please give me a nice review there on iTunes. Like we read some more of those reviews and stuff, and then I'll read some of yours. Maybe if uh, you give me a nice review there, it's important because that's the way we build up an audience and I get recognized on the iTunes uh, app is if I get enough positive uh, feedback, then maybe it'll move up in, in the line of popularity and then people will start to see it and we'll get a wider audience which is really what we want we want more people joining our fellowship here right absolutely also consider subscribing to my youtube channel jamesarnoldtaylor.com is also going to be the place that you can go to and check out all the various things like twitter instagram facebook all the links to all of those things there please follow me on all of them if you have not already if you follow me on twitter but don't follow me on instagram please follow me on instagram i'm trying to build up my instagram audience as well Got so much stuff, good stuff coming up for you all in the coming weeks here on the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. I so appreciate all the time and effort that you take to listen to this show because I know it's long. It's 90 minutes. I, I You know, I could do shorter versions, but I think, um, I don't know. I think we're all comfortable with it. But uh, okay, so we got to bring in Mr. Announcer Guy and then I've got to close the show with some voices. Remember, don't leave yet. Don't stop listening. Oh, Mr. Announcer Guy. There he is, James. You're back from playing pool, huh? Yeah, man, we had a blast. That's great. Well, uh, are you ready to do the uh, end thing? Yeah, let me <clears throat> let me get ready. Here we go. Talking to myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of YumiGo Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. You do that so perfectly every time. Thanks, dude. Oh, now you're like Ferris. You've been hanging out with Ferris. You're calling me dude. Yeah, dude, I'm Zen. All right, Mr. Announcer Guy. Well, that was fun. But, oh, oh, you know, but we're closing the show the way we started this last week. And last week I did Gilbert Gottfried because it was a request from somebody for me to do Gilbert Gottfried reading some Obi-Wan lines. But now every week, I'm going to end the show. The last thing I do is one of my characters doing something either from a piece of literature or uh, a song or something like that. Just because I know, look, everybody loves this stuff when when I do it, when I talk as the characters in that way. And I really enjoyed the Gilbert Gottfried one. I think that actually was very funny. So this time, I'm going to switch it. I'm going to have Obi-Wan Kenobi reading... But he's going to read lyrics. I thought Obi-Wan needs to le- read some lyrics from a song. And originally I was going to do the police song, to do 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 da 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 Because it's kind of funny to hear Obi-Wan Kenobi say, do 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 da 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 That's all I want to say to you, Anakin. But instead, I thought, what would be the perfect song for Obi-Wan Kenobi to read the lyrics from to end the show? And of course, I have come up with the Red Hot Chili Peppers' Higher Ground, written, of course, by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> so a so for you now, a segment of Obi-Wan Kenobi reading Higher Ground from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Here we go. Teachers, keep on teaching. Preachers, keep on preaching. World, keep on turning. Because it won't be too long. Oh, no. 
Lovers keep on loving, believers keep on believing. Sleepers just stop sleeping. Cause it won't be too long, oh no. I'm so glad that he let me try again. Cause my last time on earth I lived a whole world of sin. Or Sith, I should say. I'm so glad that I know more than I knew then. Gonna keep on trying. Till I reach my highest ground. And Stevie knows that nobody's gonna bring me down till I reach the highest ground. Cause me and Stevie C, we're gonna be sailing on the funky, funky sound till I reach the highest ground. Busting out and I'll break you out cause I'm sailing on till I reach the highest ground, Anakin. Just sailing on, sailing on the higher ground till I reach the highest ground. Anakin! There it is. Obi-Wan Kenobi for you there on the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. <sighs> Bye-bye.